is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Stephen McKellar over Zoom video. You might recognize Stephen or his vocals from the band he played in for a number of years called Civil Twilight, which we talked about uh, during the interview. We talk about how he was born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa. His mother was a classically trained pianist. So we talked about uh, having her in the household just playing piano. He wasn't a piano player. The funny story or way that really Civil Twilight was formed based off of a friend of theirs band having a gig and they needed an opener. So he's like, you guys should, uh, you know, open. Meanwhile, Stephen had never sang. They don't have any songs. His brother had learned a couple chords on guitar, but that's how it all began. Around 21 years old, they decided it's time to, to move to LA if we're going to try to pursue this music thing. So the band ends up just getting on a plane, heading to Los Angeles, knew a couple people there and, and tried to make this band thing work in the United States. That eventually took them to Nashville. They were signed to a record label, had an album, but it wasn't really doing anything yet. They find out that one of the songs is getting some airplay on the radio in Texas. And that was the song Letters from the Sky. So they go to Texas and as they get to Texas, other radio stations are adding the record. So they are on a tour, basically a year and a half, I think he said, just kind of riding the success of the Letters from the Sky record and that debut self-titled album. He talks about putting out the other two records with Civil Twilight, a massive moment in his life when the band kind of split up and he decided to pursue a solo career putting out his first solo record, moving from Nashville to LA and writing and releasing this brand new EP, which is called One and Zero. He tells us all about that as well. You can watch the interview with Steven on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Stephen McKellar. Hey, Stephen, what's going on? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me, man. For sure. Uh, my name hey. is Adam, and this is about you, uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the EP. Oh, sweet. Um, I did read that you moved to L.A. from from Nashville. I know obviously you weren't born there, but I'm, I'm curious that you recently moved to L.A. from Nashville. Yeah, two years, two years ago, like right in the middle of the lockdown. That's so funny because we I moved. I'm originally from San Diego from there to Nashville. Oh, really? OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're part of that migration. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't even know was happening, which is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, so you probably yeah, witnessed we, quite a bit of that. <laughs> You're like uh, one of the few people going the other way. <laughs> yeah, people are like, wow, what are you doing, man? You're in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Right right on. Um, so I guess we'll just start off. We're born and raised. You were born in Cape Town in, in South Africa, correct? Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Tell me about that a little bit. 
Well, it was, uh, I was born in 83, so okay. you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s in, in South Africa was, was very interesting. A lot going on. Okay. Yeah, I'm, we're um, the same age or now that you told me what year you were born. <laughs> so I'm just curious. Yeah, yes, we'll you know the drill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what yeah. was it like when you said it was just a lot going on there in the, in the 80s and 90s, correct? A lot of change. Yeah. Um, very interesting time to grow up in that country. And then to see it, you know, in my, in my teens, uh, to experience the, 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 the country coming out of apartheid and mm-hmm. into a new era, sort of being introduced to the world slowly was uh, fascinating, fascinating place to grow up. And it was very unknown at the time. It's more, you know, it's more, it's more known now and uh, it's more of a destination now. But at the time growing up, there was just nobody there. Mm-hmm. So it was very, and it's a stunning place. So it's just like this insane beauty that felt very undiscovered. And it was very special. Yeah. yeah. And you grew up in a, in a musical household, right? Your mom's a piano player. Yeah. A lot of uh, opera and jazz around the house. Um, yeah. She, she, my mom would come in to my room. I actually had a piano in my room growing up with a little piano. Wow. One of her pianos that I never played. I never <laughs> learned to play growing up. Um, she would come in and play in my room every every week or so and uh that was very special she's very very beautiful player so she would just come in every once in a while to play your piano there wasn't a was there another piano in the house that she played as well no it was just that one and i don't know why it was in my room it was like a small upright piano and uh she would just come in and sit down and start playing and sort of improvise and uh i loved it i mean she'd play for like an hour and i'd listen to her and uh, She's got a beautiful touch. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. you never, but did you ever learn piano or just that? Was- uh, uh, not, not really. No, I eventually picked it up when I moved to LA. Uh, we were bouncing around a lot, um, bumming around, you know, <laughs> and we were house sitting a lot, trying to find places to stay. And uh, this one house had a piano and I started playing. I started just playing around and messing around and I really loved it. And, and then, uh, uh, but I haven't taken anything. I haven't taken any formal lessons or anything. I just, I still, I still very ape-like when it comes to. (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, coming from uh, a household with your mom being such a talented piano player, did you, were you put in any sort of lessons for music at all? I was not. That's, that's another thing that I think contributed to my, curiosity i was never it was never part of the curriculum you know it was um i i discovered it completely on my own in my own timing when i was about 13 14 okay uh i was uh i hadn't played any anything i hadn't sung i hadn't done anything and um there was this band in town that was playing a show in two weeks time and they needed somebody to open for them and so the one of the band members said to us why don't you guys just form a band and, and just start and just play you know and just write a few songs and play so we're like okay so we had none of us had, had played before had written before and we wrote like five songs and i sang for the first time and i absolutely loved it i 
that, that was my introduction to music. Wow. So just off somebody, yeah, just telling you, hey, we're playing gig. We want you, you should open up. But like you must have had like, did your brother play? Because I know he was he's in your it was in the band and uh, another friend must have had a, a musical knowledge of some sort. Like, <laughs> how do you just have three kids that have no, no, don't know what they're doing at all? Learn how exactly. to play some music. I know it's wild. I think my brother was, he knew like maybe three chords or something. Okay. Um, so he, he could fumble around enough. He could fumble around. It. Actually, I, I remember, I remember my brother and Richard, the drummer, arguing over who was going to play drums because they both wanted to play drums. And I think they actually drew straws and, and, uh, and, uh, and ended up playing guitar. And I, at the time it was just, um, guitar, drums and vocals. I wasn't, uh, I hadn't started playing bass yet. So I was just up there singing poetry that I'd written in, in, something about, a lot of it was just about way like the ocean and <laughs> waves and stuff. <laughs> um, that's that was, cool. Uh, yeah, and then from there it was very quick. It was like a very quick falling in love. Within the next like two years, I was like totally in. Okay, I was and totally in. How was that show? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember wanting to throw up before I went on stage, and I remember being in my memory. It was it was huge. In my memory, in my memory, it was epic. But I think there was probably only about forty people there. That's a pretty good number, though. 40 people. It's a pretty good number. Yeah, you know, considering. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was awesome. I remember just like, it was totally thrilling. Uh, I threw up before the show. I think I threw up after the show. Oh, man. Um, but it was so such a rush. And I just, you know, once you get that, when you're at that age, too, when you're so young, once you get that rush of like, I'm seeing something that I wrote um, it wasn't even a matter of whether people were liking it or not. It was just the simple act of expression mm-hmm. on, on a platform, on a stage that was like, I can actually do this. Like, and there were, there, nobody was doing it. I mean, it's, you know, at, growing up there, the scene um, was tiny. I mean, it's, it's a very, it's kind of a small country and, and there was just nothing going on. So it was like, and there wasn't a, there wasn't any infrastructure for mm-hmm. you couldn't Google how to be in a band, you know. <laughs> you <could>. Sure, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, and, and as well as like South Africa was so far behind at that time. This, we're talking like ninety. This is like ninety five. So apartheid had just ended, and everything was opening up, but it was still so isolated. So there wasn't a lot of outside influence yet, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it felt very very new and exciting and dangerous and and. Um, not not recommended. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. naturally, as a kid, you like when you're told that something's like not recommended and risky, and like especially when you want to try and make it into a living, and everyone's saying, "No, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, you'll end up a bum." And, and, uh, then you just go me, full yeah. force. Yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, well, yeah, then I'm doing do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Wow. So from there, because then the three of you ended up turning it into Civil Twilight, right? So it started mm-hmm. that young at 13 in that first show. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The same people. Um, and uh, I played in, I, I discovered bass, the depths of bass 
and 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 other styles of music. And I played in a lot of different bands and jazz bands and stuff for many years in my teens. But the band kept going. I, I don't really know why. I think it was just curiosity, and we didn't play a lot of shows, but we just jammed a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually. Yeah, I, it's crazy. You know, you know, you think back when you're younger and you think, why the, how did I have the guts to do certain things? Or like, right. Yeah, I think, what was I thinking? I don't think I, I don't think I was thinking, but what drove me to this point? And it's just, it was just pure excitement. Uh, and, and it's almost nothing. being naive, right? You're, exactly. You're like, yeah, totally. you don't know that. When you're older, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to look like an idiot or I'm going to do this or that. And like, then you're just like, you don't have that thought process yet. Not, like, let's just go all. for it. Whatever. Yeah. Let's just, let's, okay, let's give ourselves three months, save a bit of money. Let's pack our bags and go to Los Angeles. We know two people there that we can stay with for at least two weeks. And then we'll, and then we'll go from there. And for some reason, our parents, I mean, they're my, my folks are just incredible, and, and I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't be here without their without their support, obviously. And mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what they were thinking either. Sending your twenty year old, twenty <laughs> one year old kid across across the ocean with a suitcase, and we're like, "Oh, so, um, we may see you in three years. It might be a year. I don't know. It's nice, man. Yeah, they knew, but nice. they probably they knew that. You well, you were going with your brother at least, right? I was going with my brother. That that's that, that that I think that made all the difference. And the three of us together, we were pretty tired. We we're mm-hmm. very tired, and uh, we we knew that we were going to be okay. Yeah, and if if it got, if it went sideways, they'd probably assume that you guys would one of you would call home and be like, "Yo, like uh, we need to get <laughs> we need to get back." So you totally. got to convince Stephen to get in the get in the airplane and head home, or you know, vice versa, yeah. or whatever it was. Totally. And my brother, my brother would have been that guy. He was way more responsible than I than I was. Uh, I, I I don't think we definitely wouldn't have been able to do the the, the things we did without his um his intelligence and awareness. Because <laughs> I was not either of those things at the time. <laughs> so you yeah. came out to L.A. You knew you said you knew two people, but was the did you have like some momentum in, in South Africa and in it, it with, with the band at all? Or was it like, we know we have something cool here and mm-hmm. LA is like the a music, you know, place. Let's just go there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we, we'd had a little, we've grown a little following in Cape town and, okay. uh, but we'd, we'd also seen, uh, the trajectory of a lot of bands, South African bands at the time that would just because it's such a small scene and small country, you could, you, you you if you t- if you just take if you take over the whole country, it becomes the superstar of South Africa. You you immediately hit a ceiling, and we we saw that um, whether we were gonna, we just thought we didn't want to attempt that, and then have to like I don't know, just go backwards, you know. So we thought let's just skip that whole. <laughs> attempt and let's just go straight to where we know we want to be and where we can really grow and which at the time we were we just wanted to tour like that's all we wanted to do we wanted to like play lots of shows mm-hmm. and be in america and america was like the place to do that so so you guys came out to la we came to la and then from there man it was just a, one big adventure it was like years and years of waiting for visas to come 
through with management and slowly, slowly getting familiar with it. And then eventually we moved to Nashville actually um, through, a, through a bunch of weird circumstances. And <clears throat> even, and that, that's, that was four years after we'd moved and there was still, we still didn't have anything really going on. Really? I, so I, when you I, got to Nashville, yeah. the band hadn't, you hadn't had uh, the success, obviously, as you once the first record came out and everything. Uh-uh. No, we were still. We had one record we made, and but we were and we were actually signed to an ind- independent label out of New York, but um, but they uh, they uh, backshelved us for like a whole year because they didn't know what to do with the record. So oh, wow. it was a different time too. You know, it's like totally yeah. Different. So we did. We just sort of sat around thinking this may happen, that may not happen. Uh-huh. And then one day we got a call uh, saying that a radio station out of Texas is starting to play one of our songs, and we should probably go out out there and play for the radio station. So we got in our van and drove out there, and it was literally like uh, we didn't come back for like a year. <laughs> we just. After that, it was like the next radio show and the next radio show, and then it kept adding on, and the song got more momentum. And then we were—I think we were out on the road. Uh, we'd, we'd be home in Nashville for about two months out of like two years. It was just solid, solid touring. <clears throat> wow! Because I'm from radio, I—I uh, I did radio all, pretty much up until the pandemic, uh, when the, okay. my, this this podcast took off way quicker uh, than I ever anticipated. It just—I mean, due to circumstances. Of yeah, everybody yeah. at home. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, congrats um, on that, man. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was just mainly for a fun hobby and and to do what I love to do. But I was I did radio for seventeen years, and uh, I remember when we were playing. It was Letters from the Sky. Was what we were playing in the station in San Diego yes. that, that I that I worked at. And um, yeah. you might have done uh, something with us. I want to say you guys played like. Because I worked for a station that was like online also, and it was video oriented. This is before I went on to 91X, which we also played you guys on that station mm-hmm. in San Diego. But you guys did like a show. We, we had like this garage in the back and it was like filmed. I don't know if you even remember this. Yeah. It, were there it, people, were there like an, was there an audience there? Yeah. Yeah. An audience came and it was like in this little strip mall next to like an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> Dude, it was bizarre. so many places like that but yeah, but no, i bet, I bet if, I, if i if i if i touch like this one little detail i could probably remember it yeah it's all good um, but i remember yeah, that it's Crazy. wild to think that you guys were had been here for so long i mean at least in the states and then we're living in nashville and the fact that this one station in texas started playing you and then it just kind of became this trickle effect i guess that's just how it happens and it just yeah. takes one one bigger radio station to to play it, then everybody's got to get on board. I mean, if you, that's, I guess that's the, what the, the radio promotion people do. It's like, well, K-Rock's on board, so you should be. But, uh, yeah, that was the talk back in the day. Yeah, man. It's so funny seeing that happen. Like, yeah, you're very, you're very right in that. But that's cool. Like, do you remember where, like the station that started or what, what, I'm sure you have to remember where you went in Texas. Was it what part of Texas? I think it was out of, uh, Houston, maybe was that Dallas or Houston? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was one of those like rock stations, you know. Uh huh. And you what? Just were like, okay, we should go do that, and then it was just slowly 
kind of getting picked up across the country in different markets? Yeah, very quickly. It, wow. It, it's, yeah. And I think at the time we had never done, we'd never toured. I mean, we toured like on our own, but mm-hmm. never like a big national thing. And, and we'd never done radio promotion. So we had, we had, <laughs> we, we didn't know what was like expected of us. So we would come into a radio station with all our gear, drum set, you know, and pile into these people's like tiny little booths and just rock for like half an hour. And, uh, and give it everything we have. I mean, we yeah. just, I think that made a huge difference because later on we discovered like that's just a big pain in the ass to do if you're going to be on the road for years and years. And like it's, it's exhausting, you know, so you, to carry all your gear into a place and set up and, and do that, it's a lot. And not, so not, not a lot of people were doing it at the time. Uh, and I think that made a big difference, man. I agree. So yeah. Excited. Yeah. And just having that, fu- yeah, to see that happen and you totally capitalize on the fact that this, this song is doing something and being excited about it and wanting, because yeah, I'm sure that doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't actually working in the <laughs> in radio. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. And that's, and this, yeah, for the song that we had too was like something that it didn't have a chorus and it, it wasn't the traditional pop song and uh-huh. i think that also made a difference it felt like ours like we'd earned it to something and, and uh yeah very special times man mm-hmm. good times yeah i mean all those records i mean those first three albums you guys did were all like they all did well i mean like once you you have that record that you said that kind of got shelved for a, a minute after you had wrote it then you know, you, you, you put out uh, Holy Weather. Is that something that you were like, oh, were you guys concerned going up into that record at all? Or was it like, you know, let's just do what we do best and carry on? Or was it like, okay, now people are paying attention. Did you have that weight on you at all? Uh, no, not, not so much. I think we just, we were so over, uh, I don't know. We just wanted to do something a little different and, uh, um, I remember we had, we'd been touring for so so long and we didn't actually have time to sit and do what we usually do, which is just like sit in the room, the three of us, and just jam mm-hmm. for a long time. I think we were all so tired anyway. So we got back from the road. I had like a two, three-week gap and the label was like, looks like we need to make another record. It's, it's about that time. Do you guys have any songs? And uh, we didn't have anything. So I just wrote a bunch of stuff. I just I just got given a computer, <clears throat> and uh, I was introduced to uh, Garage Band. Oh wow! I've never done that before on my own, and I made all these demos on my own, and uh, we sent them to like a few producers, and they really liked them, and so we just so we dove in without ever rehearsing any of the songs, which was very. We just never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so the record was. <clears throat> came out a little different and um yeah didn't i don't think it did as well but uh i mean i'm proud of it it was really fun to make i, I yeah I, I mean it did but it did it charted and everything i mean it was doing well enough right it wasn't like it just totally went unnoticed you know what i mean true yeah i had a little bit of a little bit of traction i mean keep this on the road for sure keep this sure. Going. yeah well, similar to well what you you are you know you just released with your your EP it, you did that all on your own didn't you 
Was that something did. you did all produced kind of by yourself? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, during during the the time we've just had, um, I just moved to LA. I guess so it was like, yeah, I, I, it was. I, I've become more familiar with working on my own now, and uh, I, I I sent a few tracks to my friend to add some things, and he and doing that was like. Uh, I got them. I, I did that sort of the last thing I did was sent him, send him some songs and he played some stuff on it. And I was like, oh, I really missed this. I don't think I want to make another record fully alone again. I've made mm-hmm. like three or two now on my own. And uh, I think I'm like ready for collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, it gets, well, one thing I'm just tired of looking at a computer screen, you know, like, um, on your on your own it's not a very romantic uh activity you know sitting at a computer moving pixels around and it's not like i know that's how a lot of music is made nowadays but it certainly doesn't do anything for me (laughs) (laughs) it's very i just feel like i'm at a yeah it's just not that that is not it's one aspect of music but it's certainly not something i enjoy entirely with uh, moving to Nashville, like or moving from Nashville, so you had, did you because you, you put out a, a solo record, two solo records prior to the, the EP, correct? Yeah, uh, did I? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, two. So yeah. one were you? So so you were living in Nashville up until this most recent recording. Um, <clears throat> I was. Yeah, I I got off the road. The bands stopped touring and sort of ended, and and I think. Uh, 2017 mm-hmm. 16 um at the end of the year yeah um we were yeah we we're living in nashville i in the in a two two week span we were in the middle of a tour like a big tour with a with a with a opening up for a big band and we come off the road for a break and uh i had uh yeah i had like two seizures like two two seizures in a row from uh, alcohol withdrawal <laughs> oh my gosh and uh this is like 10 years of pretty heavy alcoholism and i was like okay uh, so i i that sort of knocked me into shape and i so i sobered up and then a week later the the label um imploded overnight um, oh my gosh and the band split up so had a, we had a meeting and decided to end it. So within two weeks, it was like my entire identity, like everything I'd built and like, yeah, poured myself into for like 15 years was all of a sudden just like a new chapter. It was actually massively liberating at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was very good for, for all of us. It was like the best band meeting we'd had in a long time, actually. <laughs> Wow. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I, I also, I don't, I don't know if you still, if you drink now, but I don't drink uh, and I haven't for a handful of years. And it's that, that seems like it would be so difficult. I mean, to go from that and kind of this lifestyle. And then not only that, you're watching these other things kind of happen in a mm-hmm. row. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must've been under a, like a lot of pressure. So, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, um, it was starting over again in every way. <clears throat> Uh, but the best, like, so it's been, it's been five years, five and a half years, um, um, 
and uh, yeah, still sober. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. Yeah. That's so cool, um, man. But the hardest five years, definitely. Hardest wow. five years in my life, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, just uh, I'm glad to hear that you say yourself because I didn't know if you're like, and then like, no, like all this stuff collapsed. And then I had to like, you know what I mean? And then like, I jumped back on. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, did he have to do that? Because that seems like it would be not only like quitting drinking, but to see like everything that you knew kind of come to an end over almost overnight with the band and the label and everything else. You're just like, okay, well, <laughs> I got to start fresh. Like, so do, do you start working on a record or like, do, do, were you conf- kind of confused where you were at at that point? I mean, I think that'd be so hard yeah. to. Yeah. I had no idea what, what I was going to do. I didn't, didn't know if it was music or, or what. Um, we uh, saved a bit of money, my wife and I, and we traveled. That kind of saved me in, the, in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, did a little bit of bumming around, doing a few little gigs in here and there for some people, and eventually started writing for a publishing company, um, which who is an old friend, it's just like a, a, a very small publishing company, and uh, who I'm still writing for, and she's just been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of then 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 we we traveled some more, and I wrote the first record um, while we were in. Paris and we were staying we we just decided to be there for like three months or something and bounce around and uh staying in little little uh, Airbnbs and um so we I just wrote that first one miles on the road and mm-hmm. been a slow we it's been a slow building of a, of of truth and identity you know after after many years of uh of pouring myself into something to such a degree uh-huh. that I didn't know who I was. Actually, that's how I got to that place of complete breakdown. It's like, I had no, no idea what was really inside. It was all just, um, yeah, it was all ba- based on this, uh, on the band. It was based on this idea of being somebody, <laughs> You know? Right. I mean, it kind of becomes an identity, I would think, right? With the band. Like, oh, yeah, I'm Steven from Civil Twilight. I'm, yeah. It and, yeah. It's so easy to do that. I mean, even the most pure intentioned person, I mean, you'll find yourself, it's easy, it's easy to get wrapped up. And it's such a wonderful blanket to be wrapped in, you know? Right. Right. <clears throat> um, so when that's gone, yeah, rebuilding. It's been mm-hmm. five years of that. Very, very hard, but very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love the record well, with Ethio, the one that you put out prior, or part one mm. and two, right? It was put out in two EP forms. Mm. Uh-huh. That's a, an incredible album, man. I, I, I love what you're doing. I love it. Uh, did you put that out, though, in 20, 2020? Were you still living in Nashville at the time? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I was. Um, and that must have been before pandemic hit. Yeah, it was right before. Um, yeah, we just we were actually on the road. <clears throat> My wife and I were touring, um, and we were <laughs> we were actually we were touring that record, and she was touring her record, and we we were in Seattle, and when we were leaving Seattle, this was like January, 
Um, oh man, that's where it started getting bad, right? Is yeah, Seattle. yeah. So we were, I remember we were leaving Seattle, <clears throat> driving out of the city, and had the radio on. And some guy was going on about this cruise ship that had come in, and some people are being, um, what's the word, quarantined for some weird illness. And we're like, oh, well, let's get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> so we started driving east, and, and our bass player, I think, I think he might have had COVID, but we're not sure. <laughs> But we, we, I like, I like to think that we were. <laughs> it's not a very nice thought, but I, <laughs> maybe we could contribute to the to the to the COVID spreading across the country. Because, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, his, yeah. So it was, it was like right when that <clears throat> was going down, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, have you have you seen that Dave Chappelle? Uh, I think it's it's like one of not the most. Maybe it was the most recent special that he he did on Netflix. Uh, he, mm-hmm. talk, he, he talks about how he had COVID and he's shaking everybody's hand. He's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't even know. It. And I'm shaking all these people's hands and taking pictures. He's like, I probably killed like a thousand people. It's like, oh man, it's <laughs> <laughs> such a brutal joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man. But uh, that just made me think of that. But it's not funny. But anyway, uh, wow. So you, but you were, so you were touring that record when it all, that all shut down. And did you get back to Nashville for a bit and, and just decide... Hey, let's try something new and head back to LA. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we would. Uh, the, so that we got back to Nashville, the tour, then the, then the lockdown happened, and we were like, we don't know how this is going to go down. Let's go somewhere else. Let's. So we rented out our house and and went to the countryside in Kentucky. And, uh, and Nashville yeah. had a rough too there, right? I mean, there was a bomb yeah. and there was a tornado and yeah, oh my was, gosh, all in one go. It was insane. Yeah. And yeah. We thought, let's get out of here before something else. Happens. <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably like, okay, this is enough. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't actually plan to, to, to do a whole move. And, and we just found out we, the, the place that we'd rented in, in the countryside was um, started to smell funny. And there was lots of, bugs everywhere and we're like this is we're paying money to be us we should, we should just travel we should just go out west so we just drove out to california and um we were here for a, about a week and we're like we gotta stay you know we should definitely stay here that was it and we, and we just now you're here. yeah just decided to stay it was great wow. and well and and then when do you start putting together this this new ep um Good question. Do, do you find that like the last two years, two, oh, three, yeah. maybe three years time, I, I can't oh. even like, I can't comprehend question, it. Yeah. Like a question like that. I'm like, I can't actually tell you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but you were in LA maybe. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I was in LA and we, we've been here for a minute and uh, I, I, yeah, I just remember feeling the urge to put something together and then, and uh, I, I just bought a new um, sample sample machine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like I was a drum machine. Around. Yeah, it's like a drum machine, but you can put it. You can put in all any sounds you like, and so this, you can like cut them and and manipulate them. And it was a very fun little e- easy machine to to use. And so I'd just walk around the house, walk around the apartment, just like hitting <clears throat> things and like singing and stuff. And I took a lot of those little clips and then put them into the sample machine and would make tracks wow. and beats and stuff. And then from that, I was like, oh, I think I've got something that I like here. And I just 
and then I just wrote the the rest of it with those with that as the base. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it was all yeah. base, like just random <laughs> objects within the house. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> you know, if you take a a tap a tap, you can tap anything. I was tapping all kinds of crap, and then you just put it into this little machine, and you can slow it down. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you know, or or speed it up. Uh, just put it backwards, you know, just playing around with, so all the sounds on the record are all the, the percussion is all just, it might sound like drums. I think there are like maybe one or two drums in there, but most of them is just, it's just those sounds. My fingers hitting stuff. Wow. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So once the, you have the songs or what kind of, built is that when you said you sent them out to a, a producer friend of yours to help complete the re- to complete them uh i sent them yeah to a friend of mine um he at the time was living uh, he lives in florida now and uh he's a br- brilliant musician um he goes he goes by the name of bucky shorts uh so that's his artist's name but he but um he yeah he's brilliant yeah i just wanted him to throw some stuff on 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 the track and he he did i think he played on three tracks um uh, some guitar and some synth stuff and some vocals and then then i was done and then i sent it to a friend of mine in the uk um uh to mix and he he killed the mix he did a great job and then yeah then you have a record and it's like oh crap oh now we gotta put it out and 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 uh I put Ethio out with uh, a rec- record label called Sonic Ritual, mm-hmm. and um, and I th- and it didn't do very well. And I was like, "Well, we'll see if they want to uh, if he wants to do anything else." And he sent me an email as I was finishing up this record, and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, like anything you want to put out, I'm like, well, you know, uh, wow, I want to support you in that way." So I was like, "Okay, awesome." So that worked out. <laughs> so you're like, I got this other one. <laughs> this other one is a two. You you be down for that? So let's do it. He's wow. great. I have a question, and I and I'll cut this out if need be, um, because you have an EP. The EP is called uh, One and Zero, mm-hmm. or and I have a press piece here from who I got in contact with you for, and it says Nama also N A M A. Is that mm-hmm. something that is yet to be announced? And if it is, I'm not going to spoil that here. Um, <clears throat> that is a great question. I have to get. But is more. that a? But is <clears throat> that's the, the essentially you're going to put out a seven track record? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that record, that record's called Nama, um, and that'll come out in September, most likely. And I think okay. before a few other things being released before that. Okay, then I'll, I'll cut this out and we'll just focus on what you have out now. Because when I was doing, when I was looking at, this is through Ray, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, he, it, it didn't specify, so I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to just throw this out here. And I, I wanted you to know that I know that's, that's happening, so I, when I base my questions, I won't go there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think, I, I think talking to Ray about it, he said, let's just focus on talking about the EP as a strategy for now. Okay. Like, oh, I'm down. All right. Right yeah. on. So now I will remove this. I just wanted to clarify with you first. Cool. Thanks. Brian. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. 
because uh okay so now we'll just go back so uh one and zero the ep has two songs from this session but you have an older one on there too right with the promise mm -hmm. was that i think you said it was from the ethios sessions or was it a song that was going to make that record and it didn't and then you re like tell me about the song or was it on that record oh yeah it was on that record um uh and and i did <clears throat> uh, i recorded a few songs live uh, like sitting outside um uh on the bed of my truck i had this i had this truck when i uh, back in nashville and i was and I, and so I was recording this video with a friend of mine who was filming it and, it's, and, it, and it, the audio turned out really well. And I kind of liked, um, I loved the focus on the lyrics. You know, when you, when you strip everything down, it was just piano and vocal. And there was a, there was a nice focus on the lyrics and, and I liked, I liked the birds chirping in the background and stuff. And I thought, let's, um, let's give this one another go. Like it's, just give people another angle of the song, you know, cause I think it is the original song on Ethia is um, it's something I'm very proud of, but it's, I know it's, it's a, it's quite a left turn content wise and attitude wise. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite different to what I've put up before. Um, so I just wanted to give it an, give another angle on, on it. You know? mm -hmm. um, yeah. And actually it was, it was funny the the mix, <laughs> the actual mix, I, I was trying to, I was, I was supposed to send it into the label to, for it to get mastered, but I was traveling at the time and I didn't have any way to do that. And I was trying to track a friend down so I could send it. I didn't have my computer with me. And I, I was, anyway, he basically, he, the, so that the song was mixed by him, but he wasn't, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but he wasn't listening to it. He just put it on his computer and, and, printed it and sent it to me oh and, uh, and i we he didn't, didn't even, like he didn't mix it at all he just we didn't like, listen, took the yeah. he just took the file and re and then sent it to you yeah we didn't listen to it and double check it i just sent it i thought let's just see if this is gonna sound good <laughs> <laughs> I, just sent it, <laughs> I just sent it to the to the to the record label and they were like yeah that'll do um anyway i thought that was funny like we um, <laughs> it was mixed without even listening to what it what <laughs> what it was <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Do you plan on? Uh, are you touring the record, or are you gonna like do anything with that, or like play any live shows soon? Yeah, um, I would like to. I, I think I would like to do. Uh, I don't think. I know, I, well, I know I don't want to tour the same way I've done before. <clears throat> um, I just don't think that's necessary. So I would love to do some shows but I'll probably pick the cities and do something special. I, I, I paint as well and I'm doing some more collaborations with people. And <clears throat> so I think I'd want to make the shows a little more special um, mm -hmm. than just a club gig, you know, passing through town. Um, but I've yet to work that out, but it's, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Amazing. Hopefully you'll make Nashville one of your spots. Yeah. Nashville's interesting. <clears throat> That's it's uh, it's a tough town to play in when you, it's, it's full of musicians, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Stephen, for doing this, man. I really appreciate your time, bro. Thanks for having me. This has been great. 
this has I, been amazing. Awesome, awesome. Well, I do have one more question before I let you go. Uh, yeah. I want I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Ah, uh, it's funny. I met this kid two days ago at an art show and I, and I bumped into him on a walk here and he came back to the house and I made him some coffee and I was like talking with him and he was, and, and the way he was talking about stuff, he's t- clearly very talented and he played me some things and he was, yeah, but he's, he's 27. He's wrestling with a lot of stuff. And I just felt like telling him just like play the slow game, you know, I said, uh, practice patience and just work on your slow game. If that makes any sense. <clears throat> Don't rush into anything. Like let things come to you, but just keep going. And that's something that you hear all the time. And it's very cliche, but I'm discovering how important that is because you want to, you want to leave the shore and go past the horizon to the point where you, you know you can't return anymore, and then, then you know you're truly fucked in the in the best way possible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you can cuss, man. You can say whatever okay, you cool. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I get like get beyond that point, and then and then you know you can't return, and so you just keep going, and you, and from that life gets really exciting. Um. Yeah, I would offer a lot of advice, but that's what I would, that's what I'll give you now. <laughs> 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 